Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out CF Capital. CF Capital is the premier boutique real estate investment firm in the Midwest and Southeast region of the United States. We are a national real estate investment firm with a purpose. We provide property investment and asset management solutions to help passive investors maximize returns on high value multifamily communities. But our investments go far beyond acquisitions. We invest in people. We are in the business of elevating communities and raising the bar for everyone within our ecosystem. CF Capital is a real estate investment firm focused on the acquisition and operation of multifamily assets. We confidently deliver tax advantage, stable cash flow, and capital appreciation with a margin of safety. By investing alongside our team, investors can preserve and grow their wealth without having to deal with tenants, termites, or toilets. Investors come and stay for the outsized returns we create in our deals while appreciating the ancillary opportunity to make a bigger impact that only CF Capital can provide. If you're an investor and want to invest with us, here's how. Learn more about CF Capital at cfcapllc.com or by simply clicking the link in the show notes of this episode. We will see you on the inside of this powerful community. So let's elevate communities together. Once I figured out the tax liability, that's what then got me very motivated, very attracted to get into multifamily real estate, to create QC Capital, private equity company, to buy these larger deals. Because I looked at these larger deals and I said, your banks own them, Wall Street owns them, billionaires own them. And then I figured out, wow, I can own them too. But better yet, I can help other people own them and build wealth, limit their tax liability, and we grow together as a team. Welcome to Elevate the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with Chris Salerno, the CEO of QC Capital today. You're gonna learn about working harder and smarter and transforming yourself from you know, a place where maybe there's an average approach, maybe there's a a mediocre approach to exponential and to outstanding standards within your business and your life. If you want to go big in real estate, today's episode is for you. If you want to transform from where you are today to something that you may not even be able to imagine, then I think today's episode is going to provide tremendous amount of value for you today. I want to encourage you to truly buckle up because Elevate Podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal development for high-performing real estate investors. You're going to get those things today. And I'm telling you, you are going to be investing in yourself today. So I want to encourage you to actively listen to today's discussion and identify the opportunities for application within yourself, your mindset, within your business, within your partnerships, within the structure of what you're doing, within the boundaries that you're setting, within your life personally and professionally. I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I am a professional real estate investor and entrepreneur. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? We are going there today, and it is time to raise the bar. So as we dive into this conversation, I wanna invite you to pay the fee 
And the fee is to pay it forward and share this episode with one person. All you have to do is just grab the share button in the podcast app or where the, wherever you're listening or watching. Just grab that share button and share it with one person. If you've done that in the past, I want to thank you so much. And if you are a result of that share in the past, welcome to Elevate Nation. You are now a part of this family. You're a part of this movement. Our mission is to change the paradigm in this business. This business is not just a business. It's not just about making money. It's not just about creating wealth or growing net worth. It's about creating impact. It's about using this vehicle for good, for your own freedom, for your own optionality. But it's also for you to be the best version of yourself, for you to live a life of fulfillment, for you to live a life of legacy. That's what this is all about. So I want to thank you for being here. And uh, I want to thank you for sharing this. I want to thank you for paying it forward. I also want to ask, please, from the bottom of my heart, if you don't mind, I'd love for you to give us a rating and review and subscribe or follow Elevate Podcasts on wherever it is that you listen or watch podcasts if you have not done that already. It's extremely helpful for us. And it also helps future people who are joining Elevate Nation in this family to understand what we're all about while they consider diving in. So I just want to thank you for doing those things. I want to thank you. And I want to let you know that you're so important to us. We're going to pour into your cup today. So buckle up. And I want to tell you a little bit about Chris Salerno, who is the chief executive officer of QC Capital. He attended Wharton Business School and Winthrop University. He has successfully transacted more than $40 million in real estate volume, and he helped the number one real estate team in the Carolinas to produce more than $140 million in annual sales prior to creating QC Capital. He was named to Charlotte's 30 under 30, elite 50, elite 50 entrepreneurs, 30 under 30 entrepreneurs, and nominated for Forbes 30 under 30, 2018 and 2020. He has quickly gained recognition and notoriety for his hard work and dedication. QC Capital Group is a leading private equity investment real estate firm specializing in the acquisition of institutional quality multifamily assets in the Southeast United States. Their team is skilled in identifying and acquiring top performing assets, as well as identifying operational efficiencies to drive strong returns for their investors. Their mission is to help accredited investors achieve financial freedom through multifamily investing by focusing on strong cash flowing assets that can replace traditional W-2 income. They are committed to helping their investors build long-term financial stability and spend more time with their families. So without further ado, please enjoy this inspiring, this energizing conversation with Chris Salerno. Chris Salerno, welcome to Elevate, my friend. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing phenomenal. How are you? Doing phenomenally as well. And I really appreciate you spending time with me. Appreciate your good vibes this morning, your energy, because that's what it takes to serve the audience and the listeners. Um, because you know what? It's not about us. It's about giving away tremendous value today. I know we're going to do that. And so I'd love to start with you. And I'd love to start with your background, your upbringing. Talk to me a little bit about you know where you came from. What was life like growing up? Yeah, um, you know, I, I rarely say this on podcasts, but the individuals that know me close, um, you know, I, I tell them everything. I'm an open book when it comes to it and, and very direct and to the point. So with my upbringing, I didn't come from a wealthy family. Um, I, you know, came from I have three siblings, around six half siblings on my father's side. Didn't come from wealth. I always said my parents taught me what not to do with money, how not to spend it, how not to invest 
how not to take care of it and not to understand the way it flows. And that gave me the ability to then understand how to invest, how to take care of it, how to understand the way the money flows to get an abundance of it. And so born and raised down in Fort Lauderdale, moved to Orlando for a couple of years and lived here in Charlotte for 16, um, going on 16 and a half years. I have a son who's three and a half years old. He is my world. I'm a single father and I love that man tremendously. Um, but, you know, growing up, I was always intrigued with real estate, always intrigued the way the wealthier and the one percenters lived because they have options. They have freedom where if you do not have that type of capital, you do not have any options or your options window down um, and it forces you into one opening one door. And you have to hope that one door is good or bad. Whereas if you have an abundance of capital or wealth, you have multiple doors. Now, that also comes with headaches. However, you have multiple doors to have multiple options and multiple decisions to make, uh, which is extremely important when it comes to uh, these type of deals or growing a business and, and creating that right mindset. And so like, you know, for example, I remember um, I was only able to shop at the dollar store and pick five items out where, you know, that also fuels me to work very, very hard in my life right now. So I can give my son the options where he wants to shop anywhere. Now he has to definitely understand the work ethic, definitely understand that to have to have the drive, the motivation to uh, be able to obtain those options. However, he, he understands that he has options now and money creates those options, which also creates freedom. You know, it is interesting to think about that upbringing to say, learning what not to do, you know, because some people could say, well, I'm a victim of this is just the, you know, this is the type of lifestyle that I grew up in and this is who I am, right? And they embody that identity and they pass that on to future generations. So looking at it as an opportunity to say, well, perhaps this is, you know, the opposite lifestyle to live in terms of a financial sense. And using that as a reference point to say, well, what could I do on the opposite side of the spectrum? And now you're living that lifestyle. And I love what you said about, you know, in many aspects, one percenters, we, def we define them as one percenters, will have more options and more freedom and more choices, right? And I think ultimately that's what you gain from financial intelligence is options, freedom, resourcefulness, and decision-making capacity to say, well, if I don't have the resources now, what is the resourcefulness that I need to gain the resources that I want, right? And so ultimately I'd love to know from you, you know, what does that actually mean from your vantage point? Yeah, you know, I think it, it the resources is, is being in certain type of rooms with certain type of individuals to open that level of thinking, open that mindset so you can grow that substantial company that you want to grow. Um, I would love to see our company at a billion, five billion, ten billion, and and keep growing from there. And to get there, there there has to be certain rooms that I'm in with other individuals to help my mindset and help my level of thinking expand to achieve that type of status. Because along the way to achieve that status. Uh, with the company, you are going to come through many, many roadblocks, some that, you know, may really put a lot of pressure on you. And you need to have that support system of a coach, a mentor, individuals in your circle that you can fall back on and say, hey, guys, I'm going through this. What, what, what would you do? What would be your opinion? Have you been through this? Coach me through it. Um, and everyone has a coach. Everyone has some sort of a mentor in their life to help them get to that level of uh, success that they've achieved. Um, and also we have the ability with technology and, and using those tools in our belt to achieve that success at a lot um, faster pace than we would have, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. Um, so I think it's it's key to have those mentors and, and um, those coaches in your corner 
to then help you build the company you want to build. And it then comes down to you is what do you want? Do you want to build that company uh, to a billion, five, 10, or do you want to, you know, create that financial freedom and have, you know, a couple assets that you own personally and growing a family, you're traveling the world and, and you're content with your life. Everyone is different. So definitely hard to speak on everyone when it comes to, you know, what, what do you want to do with your company? What do you want to do in your personal life? And what does that look like through your lens? You know, the, the key word there is want, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people are driven by needs. I need to do this. I need to go make more money. I need X, Y, and Z. But the difference that you're talking about is want. And that's something that is compelling enough for you to work hard enough to, for you to get resourceful enough for you to get more creative for you to get in the room around other people who are doing the things that are getting them closer to the thing that you want. So that's a big difference. There's a big difference between need and want. So I love that. Yeah, there's a huge difference between need and want. And for example, you know, when it comes down to building a company or, or you know, wanting to get to that success level, I, I always tell the stories that if you've ever been into a situation for litigation, for example, you have a, a very tight budget, you don't have enough money to pay for your attorney. What happens if you stop paying for your attorney? Your attorney's going to not represent you. And then what? You're automatically going to have to throw in the white towel, whether if you're right or wrong, you have to give up. Now, money helps you have options because you can then pick the best attorney and you can then fight and win. Um, and so, you know, it's super important to, you know, have those reserves and really want it. Just like I always say, it's like the Hunger Games. Um, you know, you have to want to win. If you don't, you know, unfortunately, there's going to be other people uh, there that are going to want to win more than you. I, I'm a big Formula One guy. Love Max with Staffen, Red Bull. Uh, my son does, too. Max, there's a documentary out there and you can feel his drive, his motivation, his power and the want to be the best of the best. And no one right now in this year, last year and the year before could compete with him because he wanted it more than anyone else. And you're seeing that the way he drives, the way he uh, conducts himself, the motivation, his mindset. So it's important to cultivate that mindset, to meditate, to understand that you're going to have roadblocks. They're going to be tough. You got to get through them. Uh, and you're only going to get through them through mindset. Absolutely. And, you know, when I think about your story, going back to just the trajectory that you came from growing up in that environment, and then this just innate desire that you've had to win, right? This innate desire that you've wanted to create more options in your future. You know, talk to me a little bit about your journey, because from what I understand, you got into real estate as a salesperson, then you made a big transition. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, you know, Tyler, great talking point. Uh, one thing I want to touch on, too, is I my mother watches my son and she came. Uh, she I went home yesterday after work. She says, your house is freezing cold. It's 64 degrees in here. And I said, it's cold because when I grew up, you guys, I lived in Florida and you guys didn't even turn on the AC. So I have the options now to keep it at 64 degrees. And it's nice and cold when I walk in from a hot day outside. That right there. Uh, understanding, you know, that gives, gives me options to do what I want. Getting into real estate, like I said, I've always loved real estate. I've always been the type to want a position that my income followed my work ethic. And the reason why is I don't even worry about the income uh, because I know my work ethic is, is one harder than anyone's. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. You know, it's, it's David Goggins. It's that mindset. You know, if you're putting in 15 hours, I'll put in 20 hours. That mindset has helped me get to where I'm at today. I built that because I've noticed by studying billionaires and the 1% that they have a very unique mind. Time is very valuable. 
That's something that we all have in common is we cannot buy back time. And so you have to make that time uh, very useful to you and what you're doing. Uh, instead of doing certain, for example, um, I'm going on a trip coming up in, in a couple of weeks. I could drive. However, driving will take me 12 hours. If I fly, it will take me you know, around two hours. And the price difference, if I drive, will cost me maybe 300 bucks in gas. Um, if I fly, it's going to cost me a thousand. Well, some people will say, well, that's too much. I will say, well, I just gained around eight to nine hours. How much am I worth an hour? You know, it's more than 700. So, okay, I need to go ahead and fly. I realized that at a very young age. And, and so getting into the brokerage industry, I knew my work ethic, would, I, it's the Hunger Games. I would outwork any of my competition and I did. And then from there, my first year, I built a company from zero to 40 million in annual sales. After that, I sold it to the number one company in the Carolinas. I fell into their operational role as their COO. I took them from 92 million to 147 million in a, about a year and a half. And then I got hit with tax taxes on a quarterly basis. And, and I called my CPA and I said, hey, I thought you paid my taxes. She goes, well, I did. Come to find out you're in a different income bracket. I said, well, this is news to me. What are you talking about? She said, because you're in a different income bracket, you now have to pay quarterly taxes or they penalize you. I said, are you serious? I dropped out of college because of the control. And, and I realized that you know it's all about control. We pay taxes on everything. They want to control you and put you in what they want you to do. And I said, that is ridiculous. And so at the time, obviously, I couldn't go buy a Gulfstream 550 or you know, a G-Wagon. Um, so I said, well, how can I limit my tax liability and pay no taxes? The wealthy do. They understand how to do so. They understand to have certain offshore accounts in certain countries to flow money through. You know, No matter how high you're going to raise taxes, they're going to understand ways to get around it. I mean, it is what it is. They're going to understand ways to get around it. Um, for example, a lot of people don't know you can have an, uh, a bank account in Belize. Belize is a 1% tax country. And so you can funnel certain type, and there's ways to do it, funnel certain type of capital into Belize where you're only paying now 1%. That's a huge difference compared to paying you know, 40 to 50% in California. So, um, so once I figured out the tax liability, that's what then got me very motivated, very attracted to get into multifamily real estate, to create QC Capital, private equity company, to buy these larger deals. Because I looked at these larger deals and I said, your banks own them, Wall Street owns them, billionaires own them. And then I figured out, wow, I can own them too. But better yet, I can help other people own them and build wealth, limit their tax liability, and we grow together as a team. And, and once I realized that, I said, I, I thought I found the Willy Wonka golden ticket. Um, and I, I started shining it everywhere. Hey guys, look what, look what I know, look what we can do together as a team. Uh, and that's when we started growing substantially. I love that. And you know, one of the, one of my big mantras is problems are gifts. And a lot of times people are like, okay, yeah, sounds great. I get it. You know, problems are gifts. Let's just be positive thinkers. But what you just described was a tax problem. And I can resonate with that. I think a lot of the listeners can resonate with that at one point in our careers, as you're making more money, it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, what do you mean I have that type of tax bill due? And you, you mean I've got to pay, you know, estimates on a quarterly basis as well, plus your fees and all these things. And it starts to get really, really um, heavy, especially as you're, you know, you've got this whatever it takes mentality, you're outworking the competition, you're ascending, you know, the, 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 the ranks in terms of the industry's best, and then you're getting penalized and that doesn't feel great. So this tax problem, 
then put you in a position to say, well, what resourcefulness or resources do I need to put in place to solve this issue? And you found multifamily real estate. So how are you able to gain the perspective that that direction could help solve that problem for you? No, I love that. Educating myself, just like people on your podcast, listening to your podcast, they are educating themselves. They're taking that first initial step. That's why I wrote a book. Uh, It's a free copy. Just go to our website. You can get a free copy signed by me directly in your mail, free book to help educate you. I took those steps. Now I'm coming from a single family brokerage background, running businesses, buying and selling a couple other businesses here or there, understanding, okay, I have a tax liability. I still want real estate. There's a huge tax shelter from the knowledge I've gained. However, I don't fully know multifamily at the time, the ins and outs. Now I know real estate brokeraging, you know, single family residential real estate. So I said, I'm going to have to, you know, tweak some things. Um, I'm not going to reinvent the whole wheel. I'm just going to tweak some things in my knowledge. So what I did was I found that right coach and mentor one-on-one, very large coach, reputable with great reputation in the industry, over 3 billion AUM or close to it right now. And I found him, I didn't think twice. He said, Hey, if you want to join, we had three interviews. He said, I like you. I want you in the program. It's X amount. I said, cool. Where do I, where do I wire the money or send the check to? Didn't think twice. Joined it. And from there, I'm a firm believer of your being all in and focusing on your one thing. I let brokerage go. I let my license go that year of 2019. Did not uh, broker any deals. I've even had previous clients say, hey, can you help me? I said, no, I am solely into private equity and multifamily. If you're interested in investing, I can help you there. However, I do not do single family anymore. And I jumped straight into it. That is the best way to succeed. Um, And I've I've heard a couple of people, you know, quote this and and motivational speeches on this is that it's great to have options. However, if you have a plan A and you don't have a plan B, you have to figure out how to make that plan A work because you are now thinking in your head, well, oh, if plan A doesn't work, I'll just fall back and go to plan B. Well, if you have no plan B, you're going to say, I got to make plan A work. I don't care. I will. Ha- I have to make it work and I'm going to make it work. And so having that level of mentality, that mindset, you're going to see a substantial amount of success with the manifestation, with laws of attraction. Uh, and you got to do that with meditating, taking care of your body, taking care of your mind. A famous saying Warren Buffett uh, says in his documentary is that if I can give you any car you want, Tyler, what would it be? And say you pick a, a Ferrari. And I said, that, but the caveat is, Tyler, you have, to, you have to keep that car for the rest of your life. How are you going to treat that car? You're going to baby it. You're probably going to keep it in the garage and scooter, you know, everywhere because you can't have another car. You're going to baby that car. You're going to make sure you get the routine maintenance. You're going to be every, you know, you're going to be on top of it. Well, why don't you do that with your brain? Because we don't have multiple brains. We only have one. So you got to take care of it. You got to make sure it's, it's relaxed. You have to make sure you meditate and give the time, the sleep, the energy to your brain, your body, because you don't have another one. You can buy multiple cars, but you can't have another brain. And your brain, in my opinion, is your strongest part of your body because it controls everything. It controls your decisions, your feelings, your emotions, the reactions to certain situations, all situations, actually. And so it's super important to make sure you have that right mindset. That uh, and, and I ha- had to make sure I had to do that by getting into multifamily real estate, finding that right coach and mentor to limit my mistakes so we can have the growth that we've had. Yeah. And I want to give a big shout out to all the listeners today because they're investing in this most powerful tool that we have in terms of our brain and our mind that can help us, you know, as we plant seeds, those sprout into amazing future opportunities for us. And so that's really what this is all about. So I appreciate you sharing that. And as I was 
getting prepared for this conversation, you know, a lot that has come through about you is that, you know, this, this hard work mentality, this, whatever it takes mentality, it really just oozes through you. In addition to, you know, investing yourself from a mindset perspective and surrounding yourself with the best of the best to help you gain the resourcefulness and the clarity to grow as you want to grow. You know, to me, all of these factors are really your secret sauce. But one of the things that you've said, and I've heard you say this, is that there's no substitute for hard work. So I'd love to hear from your vantage point, like what does hard work actually mean to you? You actually meant, you mentioned things like David Goggins and, you know, guys like that who are just like, literally they will work to the bone to just outwork the competition. But what does it actually mean from your perspective? I think hard work is super important. I also think working smart is super important and you need both. Uh, you know, if, if you have someone that's very intelligent, that only works two hours a day compared to someone that's working seven to 10 hours a day, I strongly feel, and I'm going to put my money on the individual that's working seven to 10 hours who's staying consistent, um, and, and, and persistent on the task at, that is at hand. So I feel very strongly that you have to work hard, but also work smart. There's no excuses when it comes to successful people and working hard, um, you know, there's a, no matter what you do and how you cl climb that level of success, there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people doubting you. There's always going to be people, you know, laughing at you, whatever the story is. However, they're, they're focusing their energy on something that's negative when they could be focusing on something that is positive and learning from those type of situations on how you've claimed those ranks. Working hard to me is also working smart but it's outworking and, and thinking outside the box to competition. I will outwork you in hours, meaning if you're working seven hours, I'm going to work 16 hours. However, during those 16 hours, I'm going to work very strategically, persistent, and smart during those hours with making different type of moves. It's a chess game. At the end of the day, it's a chess game. At the end of the day, it's the Hunger Games. At the end of the day, we're playing Monopoly, but in real life. And when you play chess, uh, an opponent can think up to seven to 10 times ahead of you, meaning that if you're going to make one move, you have seven to 10 of that one move that you can strike and vice versa. And so that's what you have to do in business. If you are only thinking one to two moves, I'm going to be thinking seven to 10 moves, which gives me more options, which gives me more leverage and gives me more buying power to understand the current market environment. So that's what I mean by working hard and working smart is that having that level of mentality and that thinking. You're not going to do that if you're just sitting on the couch. You're not going to do that if you're just in your little bubble. You're going to do that by talking, by being on these shows, by listening to podcasts you know, that, that you have. That's how you're going to open up your mind uh, of thinking. I do retreats. I go, you know, sometimes I will fly out to uh, all, um, Houston to meet with very high level individuals that are, I, I would say, have a net worth of 500 to close to a billion. I'd fly out there just to have dinner with them. Because that dinner is so valuable, it's it's unbelievable. And that's one thing that a lot of people get uh, caught up in is when they first start something, they, I want to make money, I want to make money, I want to make money. Well, it's great. Trust me, you got to pay the bills. I understand you got to make money. However, what is most important is the knowledge. Because that knowledge, if you take the correct action with the knowledge that you are gaining, you're going to make more money than you're going to get paid an hour. When I first got into this business, I worked for about four months for someone who's very prominent in the industry. And basically, I was their assistant. I drove them around, took them wherever they wanted to uh, be. I was their chauffeur. And I said, but the only caveat is, is I can ask you as many questions in that car. I can listen to you speak to other individuals and uh, conduct business. And I can tour properties with you and ask those questions. Okay, cool. Done. 
They didn't have to pay for anything. I picked them up, drove them wherever they wanted to be. And so that right there, I gained that knowledge. Well, what did I do with that knowledge? I took it and put it into action by working hard and working smart. That is something that is truly important where I feel like the younger generation of most people are, I want money for my work. What they don't understand is they're gaining knowledge, which is more powerful than that current pay that they're going to want to re receive for their work in their time. Um, and so I think having that type of work ethic and being smart, thinking outside the box is super important. Coming up ways to be competitive amongst other competitors in the industry and offering the best level of service, that Ritz-Carlton Four Seasons type of service to your investors, to your clients is super important. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people who are not maybe in our world, not an Elevate Nation, may look at someone like yourself and say, you know what, they're just lucky. You know, it's like, OK, yeah, I get it. You're, you're hardworking and all this stuff, but you're, you're also lucky. But what I would suggest is that what you just described, the combination of working hard and working smart, and you put those two things together, that's about creating your own luck. And, you know, there's things that happen, there are opportunities that present themselves as a result that may seem like coincidences, that because of the combination of that continued persistence and that continued intelligence, the combination, you know, there, there are magical things that occur. And, you know, one of the things that I know is true in our space is that it's extremely competitive, right? And as a result, you've got to step up to the plate on a continual, consistent basis in terms of mixing hard work and smart work together. And to be able to identify exceptional opportunities, you've got to outwork the competition, you've got to outsmart the competition, you've got to play a little bit of chess, you've got to be thinking seven steps ahead. But talk to me about how do you identify, first of all, identify exceptional opportunities and, you know, when I'm talking about investments, I'm talking about acquisitions. And how do you also remain as competitive as possible so that you can then win those exceptional opportunities? Two great and phenomenal questions, Tyler. I love this conversation. First question I'll knock out is you have to have a strategic system in place. It's all about relationships. We build strong broker relationships. Everything you do is about relationships. Um, if you don't have strong relationships, you're not going to get investors. You're not going to get repeat referrals. You're not going to get deals to present to your investors. So relationships are key when finding those acquisitions. I mean, right now, pull the statistics up. This year has been a very, very slow year. I think it's like 67%. Don't hold me to that exact number, but I think it's like 67% sales are down. We're seeing anywhere from 19 to 27% in prices uh, decreases right now. Um, and so you're you're seeing a very slow time. It, it, some sellers have to, have to sell. Uh, they have no other choice. Some sellers can sell um, because they want to take the, the capital out. So when we analyze those, we're, we're building deep relationships with brokers. When we have those deals in, we're focusing on insurance taxes because those are two major things that can kill a deal right away is insurance and taxes. From that, after um, after that right there, we really dive deep into it. What is the worst case scenario this deal is going to have? What is the best case? What's the middle case? Because we give a sensitivity analysis. Um, however, we're buying great quality deals with great debt. Debt is super important to us. It should be all the time. Um, debt is super important. So we're looking at great quality deals that are going to have strong debt on it. That's going to give us that flexibility when we buy or sell, when we you know, decide if we have to do a refinance, you name it, to hit our projections for our investing partners. It's very difficult in this current market environment to find those good deals when we have those good deals. And if you're an investor listening, jump on it. Um, it's not like 2016, 17, 18, where... You are an investor and you're flooded with 20 deals and they're all good deals. It's so hard to pick which one. 
Now, if you see a good deal, you feel comfortable, jump on it, get in. Uh, we have a deal that we close actually in a month from now. And we have a couple investors that are lagging um, with their commitments. And I we have emailed them saying, we, we have decommitted you from this opportunity. We will keep you down on our uh, distribution list. Keep in mind, this is your first decommitment. You only have two more and we will not work with you anymore. Um, and we have now reserved those spots for other investors that want in this deal uh, where we have turned away prior. So that's something that we do is that the reason why is because we need to count on our investing partners. You can't come in and commit and then decommit, commit, commit, decommit. We, we can't trust that. And we need investing partners that we can trust for long term because we're a team all together that are building this up. So that's super important. Uh, but you know, overall, very hard to find deals. If there is a good deal, jump on it and run with it. Focus on debt, insurance, taxes, because the taxes and insurance fluctuate substantially and can kill a deal in this current market environment. So it's all about execution, really, at the end of the day, is, is what I'm hearing from you. And, and I could not agree more. And you've got to have partners that you can count on. You've got to have clarity on your understanding of the metrics of the projections moving forward. And you've got to understand the downside, the upside, all of those things. One thing I'd like to go a little bit even deeper on is when you're identifying exceptional opportunities, you talked about the relationships piece. And you know, from our vantage point, it's you've got to have the reputation of execution, do what you say you're going to do. But talk to me about evaluating and finding those deals. Is it truly you know a numbers game for you guys like it is for us or is there anything else that you would add to hey identifying and truly finding you know the diamond in the rough in terms of you know because whether it's 2023 and there's a lack of quality opportunities because of the capital markets because of all these other factors like taxes and insurance um and or whether you're in 2023 or you're in 2016 or 2010 you know there's a varying degree of levels of opportunities you know some from your vantage point how do you find, you know, what's your secret sauce? And maybe you'll give us a little bit of a look behind the curtain in terms of locating and identifying those exceptional opportunities. Elevate Nation, you know you can't manage what you don't measure. So when it comes to marketing and sales, how can you be sure your decisions are the right ones? I've got the answer for you, Sharp Wilkinson. Sharp Wilkinson is a unique agency that specializes in developing data-driven marketing and sales strategies for clients. I've been working with Sharp Wilkinson for a while now, and I can personally attest to the way that they immerse themselves in my organization and maintain a hyper-responsive orientation. Best of all, they use data to inform their strategies and drive real tangible growth. And every company needs continuing growth, right? If you think your organization could benefit from data-driven marketing and sales, growth starts at Sharp Wilkinson. Visit sharpwilkinson.com to take the first step on your journey. Tell them Tyler sent you. Yeah, no, I think, you know, like you said, and for all of us, and don't want to speak for other groups, but I think very highly that this is the same case for everyone, is that uh, it's a numbers game. You can't go out there and only underwrite five deals, you know, per week. Like, that, it's just not going to work. You have to underwrite. The more deals you have, the more options you have, the more opportunity you have to acquire an asset. And so you, it's a numbers game. You have to crank out the numbers. You have to build your system to be automated very quickly, due diligently and precise on understanding if it's a good deal or a bad deal. And if it's a bad deal, walk away. Have no feelings attached, walk away. I've walked away from deals that were great deals, but some things were just a little too risky. Didn't want to put my investor's capital at risk. A most recent deal we walked away from, insurance spiked, seller didn't want to work with us. They took a month to get back to us. Our equity was you know, questionable because of them taking a month to get back to us. And I said, look, insurance spiked. I don't feel comfortable moving forward. And you know, from that a certain situation, we uh, thankfully 
we had a fund, we put that capital into a new deal, investors were happy, but I did not feel comfortable putting any investors at risk. So I am now, you know, fighting for my earnest money back. Thankfully, PSA says that we are in the clear. So it's going to be a fun and, you know, exciting transaction moving forward. However, I'm willing to do that to not put in any investors capital at risk because you have to have no feelings attached to these deals and to these opportunities. But I think it's super important, just like it, like an investor would ask, you know, you, Tyler, um, what is your level of, uh, um, what is your exits look like? You know, can you give us uh, uh, some case studies, things like that? One thing I think operators and, and IR teams, because we have two IR guys get wrapped up in is they are so wrapped up in answering those questions, yet they are, a lot of them are afraid to ask those same questions back. How committed are you to this deal on a scale from, you know, one to 10, 10 being hundred percent you're in. Um, if you do commit, we do expect you to fund. That's why we have the three strike rule and you're out. After three strikes, we will not work with you because we can't count on your commitment. Just like you ask questions on counting on our success, our track record, how we are going to perform to reach that 15, 20, 30% IRR to 2X your money in five years. How, I mean, we need to have a level of accountability on you to actually come to the table with your commitment. And so, you know, it works both ways. Doing that, you may have to build, uh, your company may take a lot longer to build, but to me, we have standards and we have boundaries and investors who invest with us like that and they are 100% on board. Investors who don't like that, I'm sorry, there's other groups you can go invest in, but we need to make sure you you can count on us and we can count on you because it's, this is not a one-way transaction here. This is a two-way for the next 40 to 60 years. And we're doing that by buying great quality deals, by underwriting substantial amount of deals with the team we built to ensure that the deals we pursue are going to be great quality deals and that we've taken our time and effort out of the past eight months underwriting hundreds of deals on a monthly basis to make sure that this is the right one. So we need to count on you when that time comes. I really, really like that. And you know what it communicates to me is I'm sitting in the position of a potential investor you know, from that vantage point, if your standards of expectation are that high, well, then I should be a part of this because these, this group really believes in themselves and they have a high identity of, look, we're the best in the business. We just we determine that only the best in the business investors partner with us. And I think that's such a great thing to communicate subconsciously. One of the things um, that you also mentioned there is that you should have no feelings attached. And I could not agree more. You know, in, we are emotional beings, human beings. We are emotional. There's when you're in the midst of a transaction or a negotiation that's like it's heated, you know, you're, you can feel your emotions. You've got to observe that and you've got to take a deep breath and you've got to step back and say, look, no feelings are attached to this because ultimately, you know, you cannot let your emotions drive you. But also, I wanted to go back to something that you were talking about earlier, because your ambition is coming through in this conversation so deeply. And I just love that. One of the things that you said earlier was, look, we want to go to a billion, then we want to go to five billion. And I think it was 20 from there. So talk to me about what does that path look like moving forward? Because we're talking about exponential growth. I mean, talk to me from a high level. What does that ambitious path look like? No, that ambition passion is, is is staying consistent, persistent, and in making sure investors know that we're here for the next 40 to 60 years and, and beyond, and we want long-term relationships. And I think that right there takes time. It definitely takes time. You know, we've I've seen some groups just recently have substantial amount of growth. And, you know, kudos to them. If you dive deeper into their three or four years of substantial amount of growth, it's actually taken them 
anywhere from 10 to 15 years to actually build that. Um, and that is if they, you know, were in a certain type of business, they switched over to the private equity space, they took their relationships from there into this space and grow substantially. That's why, like, when I see some of the po Facebook posts and stuff, they're like, oh, we did this amount in one year. I'm like, okay, but let's see how long it took you to do that in one year. It took you a long time. It took you years. And people can get wrapped up in that. When I created QC Capital, I created it from nothing. We have zero investors that have invested into QC Capital. Now we have over a thousand investors and over seven, uh, 7,800 in our database that have invested into our deals. Um, but I'm saying into QC Capital as like a VC venture capital, we're raising capital for a seed round to grow QC. We have zero investors for that. It's all my personal capital that I built the company from. And like I said, I didn't come from wealth. So I didn't come walking into saying, okay, I'm going to allocate a million dollars or 500,000 to build QC to X amount. I said, okay, I have a certain amount of money. I have to make this work. I'm going to make sure I allocate it properly to grow to where we're at today. And I don't think we'll, we'll take any investors into the company as QC. We'll take investors for our deals and into our fund. And hopefully that makes sense for everybody to get to that level you have to do it. You have to stay consistent, persistent. You have to make sure that customer service is right. You're buying great quality deals and you're getting that repeat business and growing um, and, and having that patience and understanding that you have to take that patience. You have to have that patience to get to where you want to be. Yeah. And every single listener is exactly where they're meant to be right now. And it takes time is a great reminder for us. And when you think about it and you look around and you really get beneath the surface, you recognize that generally anybody that you think is an overnight success generally is 15 to 20 years in the making. So a great reminder for us, you know, it not only does it take time, but it also takes failures. It takes iteration. It takes challenges. It takes setbacks. So talk to me about maybe a favorite failure that you've had on your journey so far? Oh, I can talk to you about a couple of those. I love them. And, and the reason why I love them is because they're experiences. I've experienced those roadblocks. And then I've been able, one thing as, as everyone gets to know me personally, and hopefully they come in you know, to the website, get a free book, is that I always find the positive out of any negative situation, any negative situation, I always find the positive. The world could be burning right now and I will find you a positive, you know, something out of that. Um, and so when it comes to roadblocks, I was very young. I was flipping houses and, um, you know, no one told me because I didn't have the knowledge. Don't give contractors all the money up front. Well, you know, I found out the hard way and I saved up a lot of money to flip these two houses simultaneously, gave a contractor $90,000. I trusted him, thought he would, you know, we've done work before. And before you know it, I saw things lag and I'm, and I'm following up, following up, following up. He, he takes the money and run. Well, at the time. I did not have enough capital to pursue an attorney. And then if I did pursue an attorney, I'm thinking in my head, well, the guy probably spent all the money. What money am I going to get back? I'm going to have to file a judgment against them. Am I ever going to see that money back? Now I'm out my attorney fees. Even if he has to pay my attorney fees, he has no money to probably pay my attorney fees because he spent it. Is this something worth pursuing? Is this something worth my energy pursuing when I can just say, look, Chris, you've learned a valuable lesson not to ever do that again take this experience, turn it into a positive note, never make that mistake again, and use that time and energy to grow that money back. And so that's what I did. And so I think it's super important to you know focus your time and energy on the positive things and, and making sure that you're growing. Another story, 
I hired uh, a my first ever hire. He ended up climbing up the ranks to managing partner. I kept giving him the benefit of doubt with certain things he wanted to do. Come to find out, when I dove deeper, he was taking advantage of the flexibility of time I was giving him, of not holding him accountable, of not putting tasks in front of him and making sure he's being held accountable to achieve it. And I let him go. And it was a shock to everybody. But I told everybody, I am serious about building this business. It doesn't matter if you're a managing partner or anything. I am I am going to build this to make sure that we have the right team in place to hit our goals. And they, they were like, we're on board. Let's do this together. One other story, and I'll, uh, I'll, take, I'll give it back to you, is that it's super important to understand how to structure business. For example, I, I've restructured the, our, my personal company where I have a board of directors. And I've done this because I think it's a great selling tool uh, and also educational tool to investors. And if you're an investor listening, I think you should ask operators this. Do you have a board? Why? Because I've been asked a couple of times, well, Chris, what happens uh, if you die? And I've, I I got asked this a long time ago and I was thinking to myself, well, good question. <laughs> you know, if I die, I mean, you know, what happens? I have a board of directors now. The board of directors are in this space. One's a family office, one's an attorney. And if I die, what happens? They step in as interim CEO. That means investors will still get distributions. My employees will still get paid. The company will still operate. And then they will elect another CEO to run the company and to grow it. Now that's leaving a legacy. And, and that also gives that comfort and protection to those LP investors who are investing alongside of us that if Chris decides to you know fly to New York or, or to Miami on business and something happens to a plane and he doesn't make it safe, my capital, I'm still going to get a distribution next month because he has put the right processes and steps in place with his own company to make sure that I'm going to receive a distribution and that company is going to make sure those properties are still going to be operated properly. The business plan is going to be operated. It's going to sell for a profit. Man, you know, there's such a big difference in, you know, small thinking and short-sighted thinking and massive thinking and generational impact legacy type of thinking. That's what you just described. There's such a big difference. And, and when you think about playing chess, you're thinking seven steps ahead. You're thinking maybe 70 steps ahead in some cases. And you're giving people the opportunity to plug in something to something that's bigger than yourself. And to me, if you want to go as big as what you've talked about here, this is the kind of thought process that you've got to engage in. And so it's a different level of thinking. It's a different level of conversation instead of saying, well, how are we going to flip the next property or how are we going to you know, manage the next contractor? You're thinking about things at this level. You know what I'm saying? You have to think of things at this level and it's difficult. Trust me, I've been put into rooms with individuals that I have not said a word because I walked out and I'm like, holy cow, their level of thinking. I want that. It's unbelievable. So I've got, I've cultivated this through, you know, going to those certain meetings, meeting certain individuals, you know, having a very close billionaires in my back pocket that I text on a daily basis to think through things like this. When you build a high rise, you're building a high rise. What's the most important part of that high rise? Foundation. You need a strong foundation to grow a hundred stories up. And so to get to a billion, two billion, five billion, 10 billion, why wait to build it? I need that foundation so strong where I can then go ahead and hit a button, boom, everything's starting to be built to that billion, five billion, 10 and 20 and beyond. And so it's important to have those foundations in place 
so that one, it's not penetrated, it's strong. You can then focus on building your assets under management and growth of a business. So in terms of building the growth of the business, you know, the foundation behind that is your perspective and who you are, right? Investing in yourself is a part of that foundation. And so you've talked a little bit about that in terms of putting yourself in the right rooms, surrounding yourself with the right mentors, investing in the right education and coaching and masterminds and, you know, investing in things like a board of directors. But talk to me about how else you're investing in yourself or things that you're doing that you think are really helping you evolve to the next version of yourself. Meditate. That's super important. Meditate. Um, and I, I can't stress enough. I meditate in the mornings and the evenings. And also we're looking, we're relocating our office space. I found an office space. The first thing that came to my mind for this one room that was kind of small, you know, it was, it was I said, we can have this as a meditation slash calling room, um, which I love. Put a sound machine, a water machine in there, some, you know, pink seesaw on, uh, on the ground to really get you into that deep thinking mindset, which is huge for me. Meditation has helped me come through a lot of situations, a lot of roadblocks to build up that uh, that motivation back, that mentality back. So I'm a firm believer of meditation. Also, as an individual, I've noticed that, and, and I have great friends with other businesses, is that we have very strong boundaries and systems in our, in our business. You're not going to go buy a bad deal, Tyler, will you? Absolutely not. But you may make a bad decision in your personal life if it's, you know, I, um, I don't know if you're married, but say if you're married or if you're, you know, getting married or if you have a girlfriend, you may date the wrong girl and it'd be a toxic relationship and a time consuming, energy consuming. So you may have weak boundaries in your personal life, but strong boundaries in your business life. It's super important to make sure that you have those strong boundaries across the board, because if you do not, whatever happens in your personal life, that's not strong, consistent, and, and you're growing in it will affect your business. And so you need to make sure that strong personal life is 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 there so you can grow a substantial amount of, you know, business AUM, substantial uh, uh business. You have to make sure your personal life is there with your boundaries. Just like you're building a foundation for your business, you should have already built a foundation for yourself personally. Make sure you love yourself, spend time on yourself before you hop into a relationship, a marriage, you name it. But you have to make sure both foundations are strong because if one is weak, it's not going to grow that high rise or that empire, that legacy that you want. Totally agree. And I think about the wheel a lot when I think about this concept, because when I think about success or living a life of fulfillment and impact or high performance, you can't have one area of your life be at a one out of 10 or three or four areas of your life in a three or four out of 10. If you want that wheel to spin smoothly and at the highest level, right? You've got to have balance and you're always out of balance, but you've got to have you know, boundaries, you've got to have standards across all aspects of your life. Correct. You have to have boundaries. You have to have standards. You need to meditate to make sure that you know what you want. What are your boundaries? What are your standards? And to, and to basically, this is it. Like, these are my band. These are my boundaries. These are my standards. If they are crossed or the line is crossed, we need to discuss it. And it's a no-go for me. And I've been in, I've been, you know, throughout my years of building businesses, things like that, I've had bad relationships, which I've realized and wow, that relationship has put an impact on my business. And it's it's really impactful when you have certain executives in the company that come up to you saying, hey, are you okay in your personal life? Because I see, you know, you're a little off right now. And I'm like, I step, I'm like, wow, okay. This person in my personal life does not need to be there. 
So I'm going to land the private jet. I'm going to kindly let them go off the jet. I'm going to refuel my jet. I'm going to get back on that runway and get back up to cruising altitude. That's really impactful when people in your inner circle come up to you and say, hey, you okay? Like you, know, you seem like you're not pumping on all cylinders. And when you realize that, you then because we are meant and wired as feelings, you have to go ahead and turn that business mindset on and say, okay, my feelings are going to be set aside. These are my boundaries. If it's not working, have a nice day. I wish you the best of luck. Let's get back on the track. That's great stuff, Chris. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you before we get into the rapid fire section of the podcast, because yeah. it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a selfish question. As a dad myself, I know how important it is to be present and to be really in the lives of your children. And so for you as a high performer, you know, you talked about earlier in the conversation, you're a single dad with a three and a half year old son. So talk to me about being a present father while performing at the highest level. I love this question. I love this question so much, Tyler, because my mom gets on top of me because my mother's old school. Like I said, I've learned what not to do from them. And I love them to death. Don't get me wrong. But everyone will teach you the good and bad. Your friends, your your significant other, you name it. And so she will always tell me, Chris, you need to spend more time during the day with your uh, with your son. He's growing up. He's growing up. I said, well, mother, he's three and a half years old. He's more than likely not going to remember these current times right now. I would rather him be 10 years old and I'm a billionaire than him be 10 years old and I only have a couple million in the bank. And so I'm going to utilize my time wisely by working and putting all the time and effort into things now. Don't get me wrong. When I get older, I, I, I'm going to do this until I die. So I'm going to put the time and effort into it right now where I'm away from him. So when he gets 10 years old, he has options. He has freedom. And I am at my income level that I want to achieve. And I just set another goal to achieve that. But I'm at that certain income level that I have achieved when he is older, where he's going to be remembered and he's going to remember things that we do. For example, when I'm at that level, you know, we can take nice trips to Italy and he's going to remember that. And we're not going to be on a budget because I have worked during his very young years and he's not fully going to remember that. Whereas he's fully going to remember his 9, 10, 11, 12, that, oh my God, my dad and I went to Italy together. My dad and I went on a cruise together. I remember when I was young, my dad did this, my dad did that. And he's going to tell his kids that. But you have to, you can't, and I've realized this, you can't, it's a catch 22. You can't have it all, Tyler. You, you just can't. There's certain things you're going to do that you're going to sacrifice time. You're going to sacrifice loved ones. You're going to sacrifice, you know, decisions um, with loved ones. For example, uh, that trip I'm making, do I want to sacrifice 12 hours or do I want to sacrifice two hours? Is that sacrifice of two hours worth 700 bucks extra? You know, so there's always a sacrifice. There's always a catch 22. Me personally, I believe in working my butt off when he is very young. So when he gets older, he can see, wow, my dad worked his butt off to give me this type of lifestyle. I want to do this for my children. I love that. I love that. And, you know, to your point, you're always sacrificing. You're always making a decision. And... No matter, think about it. No matter what you do, there's some sort of sacrifice it's either time, money, something. There's some sort of sacrifice on a decision you make. And I think it's critical for people to take a step back to say, well, what's most important to me? You know, we were talking, we started the conversation with want. What is it that you want? What do you really, 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 really want? 
And then what's most important, because at any time you're going to be making a sacrifice on something that you want a little bit less than what you want at the very top. So uh, I think that's extremely important. But Chris, this has been great. I want to transition to the rapid fire section of the podcast. It's called the rare air questionnaire. It's all about being uncommon because, you know, the common thing is to do what you need. But we're shifting into this lifestyle of want. So I'd love to ask you a few questions before I let you go. If you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? I love it. Uh, Think and Grow Rich, I mean, really tells about everything, um, you know, and opening your mind, opening your level of thinking. I think you should do it three or four times a year. Read that book. It's a phenomenal book. Another great book that I'm uh, currently listening to is The 48 Laws of Power. Um, if you, you know, you, you got to come into it with an open mind. Don't come into it. With <laughs> no doubt. Mind. Um, but at the end of the day, when you read that book, you will it's 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 business i mean it's the hunger games it's business it's i mean you have to have that grit um if not someone else will have it and they're going to succeed last book uh, i'll recommend is mistake millionaires make love that book um that book was uh, recommended for my coach joe fairless um mistake millionaires make it talks about individuals building a hundred 200 million dollar net worth losing it all and then rebuilding it all back uh, talks about the ins and outs of how to protect businesses and individuals who did not protect their businesses um, and they had to file for bankruptcy. You name it. It's it's a phenomenal book. I love that. I'm excited to check that one out myself. We'll put a link in the show notes as where the listeners can find those books and back real quickly to the 48 laws of power. You know, whether you apply the Machiavellian type of perspective or you understand it, you must understand it because it is applied in the world. And so to be able to either reduce its power or to work within its power to leverage yourself to doing the things that are most important to you to make the right impact, you've got to understand how these laws work. So I think it's important to read those books. So thank you for sharing that. Aside from what we've already talked about today, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? I know you've gone back to meditation. Maybe you could even go a little bit deeper on meditation, exactly what type and or if there's anything else that you'd like to point to. Yeah, there's so many types of meditation. I like to meditate in the shower and in the bath. It soothes me. I put Epsom salt in. Sometimes um, I've even used sage before. Um, there's all different forms of meditation. I also meditate in the sauna and steam room. Um, one form, I really focus on my breathing and not thinking. I focus on inhale, exhale, not thinking, having a zero thought process. Um, sometimes I just focus on just zero thoughts and just relaxing, um, really feeling my body. Others, I focus on, um, you know, very quiet work. What are certain things I need to get done, decisions I need to make? Um, another um, is um, really focusing on my personal life, thinking deep into my personal life. What I want, am I happy? Is there things I need to do? Other things, um, two other things I really like to do when I'm with my son, my phone goes on, do not, not all the time, but it does go on, do not disturb. Um, like tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, my phone will be on, do not disturb because I want that quality one-on-one -on -one time. He feels it. He even says, dad, phone down, phone down. And I'm like, I love you, man. I just, I got to get this business email out. Like, you know, trust me, you'll understand when you get older, uh, but I love you. And then I, I put it down and, you know, people message, you know, if you're in the dating scene, people, oh, why aren't you talking to me? Oh, that's a boundary. <laughs> Sorry. And, and I said, that's no, I can't do that. I, I'm with my son. I'm not going to give you all the attention. Sorry. Have a nice day. And I've done that plenty of times. Those are things that, you know, you have to have those boundaries set, but really, like you said earlier, Tyler, spending that quality time because my favorite movie is the minions. 
We watched it last night. I love, I just think it's so hilarious. That movie is the minions. And it's going back to that little childhood, you know, spending time with my son, eating popcorn, not, you know, on my phone and, and being distracted. And so I think that's another great form of really calming my body back down, taking it back down because during the week, I'm so high leveled energy, um, pouring out energy as you could probably feel through this podcast, running the company is that, you know, it's nice to just relax, set back a little bit. Um, and one thing I didn't say too, and I know we're crunched on time, is that uh, making decisions. Um, when you have to make decisions, don't hold off as long as possible. Make decisions very quickly, accept the outcome, and then make sure you can go ahead and run with that outcome and make a decision based off that. If you're sitting here, oh, I'll make a decision a week, two weeks, three weeks before you know it, time goes by. I'm shocked my son's three and a half years old. I'm sure, Tyler, your kids, it's shocking that you know they've grown up so fast, but it's the same thing for decisions. Make decisions in business very quickly, accept that outcome that you've made, learn from that experience. And then from there, keep growing and keep pushing and staying consistent. Yeah. Kids have a way of showing you how fast time really moves. It's like, wait a minute, you're how tall are you now? It's like, oh my gosh, you're doing what? So yeah. I'll tell you this quick story. Um, a couple nights ago, my son wanted to sleep with me. So I allowed him to, and uh, I, uh, anything that goes on in the house, I wake up very quickly um, for protection of myself and my son felt him. He rolled up, walk off or got off the bed, opened the door of the bathroom, turned the light on, went, uh, went to the bathroom and then shut or shut the light off, shut the door and crawled back in bed. I'm like, son, <laughs> like, I mean, I remember when I had to change your diaper in the morning, but like you're a grown man now. You're you're going to the bathroom <laughs> by yourself. Like, holy cow. That is cool. And a great book to remember or, or to dive into in terms of quick and, you know, thoughtful decision making is Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. And the argument that he makes a lot of times is that, you know, sometimes we take longer to make decisions, but ultimately we make the same or a worse decision based on taking in all of these factors. And I think it comes down to connecting to your intuition, connecting to your infinite intelligence and making a decision based on the cells of your body that are more intelligent than your conscious mind is. So anyway, that could be a whole conversation in itself. Um, but Chris, couple last questions for you. The last uh, of the two is what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Oh, um, you know, having that positivity and mindset, you know, like I said, positivity really grows. I said this morning, you asked, how are you? I said, fantastic. I'm amazing. I'm fantastic. If I showed the camera, it's overcast and rainy today in Charlotte. <laughs> and so when I pick up the phone, I said, it's a gorgeous day. Having that energy, that positivity will enlighten people. It changes everyone's day. I'm in the elevator with people. I'm like, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm okay. And they say, how are you? I said, amazing. It's a beautiful day today. And they're like, wow. Well, what's going on in your life? I'm alive. I'm, you know, growing a beautiful company. I'm helping in individuals invest into real estate. I'm loving life. And I've had countless people say, you just changed my whole day. Thank you so much for that. Because I'm positive, because I have that energy and they feel it and I'm giving it to them because of my positivity. And, and just like this podcast, you can feel energy through an email, text message. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you and I have gotten t uh, emails before. I know I have where I'm looked at and my, my, my stomach's like, oh God. You oh, know, yeah. <laughs> been reading the first couple senses. That is the, the energy's coming through there. So if you're always having that positive energy, you're going to feel it through the, the communication channels and you're giving that energy to that individual. And what my coach taught me, uh, Trevor McGregor, is that make sure you fill your cup up. Don't give your cup to someone else, but make sure you fill your cup up, but overfill your cup and then make sure there's a bowl beneath it to have that water there and then give them some out of that bowl. But you always want to make sure you're fulfilled. 
And then when you're poor or when that your your cup is overfilling into that bowl, that is the energy. That is everything that you're giving to individuals around you. But you always want to make sure your cup is being overfilled. And, you know, it's such a pattern interrupt when someone asks you, how are you doing? And you say, I'm doing phenomenal. And they're like, what? what? I thought you were going to say I'm fine because that's what yeah. average people do is they, I'm fine. You know, you, how about you? Okay, it's cool. a pattern interrupt. And, you know, when you live that identity of, look, everything's great. It's not a positive thinking sort of, hey, my head's in the sand, but it's I'm going to make today phenomenal. I don't care what the weather's like. I don't care how I felt this morning. I just, this is just who I am. I mean, you're, you're spot on. Every time I answer a phone call, I'm fantastic. I'm amazing. It sets the level of that call. It sets what's going to happen in that call, which is super important. On top of that, even when you get a negative. So for example, we'll have an investor that may not like a deal that we have and say, hey, I don't want to invest. Okay, that sounds great. We'll keep you on the email list for that next opportunity. Oh, okay. Like they don't know how to handle it because they gave you a negative objection and you came back with a positive reaction. Wow, they, they don't know, but you have to keep that up and you keep that up through meditation, having an inner circle that is positive, that is going to help you grow, want to see you succeed, want to see everybody as a team grow. My inner circle, we we are on Instagram, TikTok, and we're bouncing motivational videos from each other where, where we all want to succeed. We all want to grow together as a team. Chris, I'm going to acknowledge you. I mean, your ambition, your energy, your enthusiasm, your work ethic. I mean, these are things that are infectious and who you are and what you've showed up with today is going to leave a lasting impact on Elevate Nation. So I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this discussion today. I want to thank you so much for showing up and bringing so much value. Before I let you go, do you have any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with Elevate Nation today? Yeah, I, I would just say, you know, never give up, stay consistent and, and keep those blinders on. It's always good to open those blinders up uh, just to, you know, make sure you're staying ahead of the competition. But don't get wrapped up in the social media fame. People rent private jets to take pictures. People rent these Lamborghinis, Rolls Royces to take pictures. So don't get wrapped up in it. Yes, there are people that are very wealthy that do that. But I will tell you, the billionaires that I know, you'll never notice them. They don't dress flashy. Yes, they have Rolls Royces, Lamborghinis, and all those cars because that's a level of success they like. However, they're not out there flaunting it. They're not out there showing it. So, you know, don't get discouraged by that. Stay in your lane and have that mindset. Have that laws of attraction. Tell yourself you're going to succeed. A great documentary that's out that I, I'm finishing is Conor McGregor. I love him. Huge UFC fighter. At the very beginning, he said, I will be the highest paid athlete in the world. He ended up doing it. People said, you're cocky. You're, you're this and you're that. But he ended up being that because he had that mindset. He had that ability to create that laws of attraction to succeed. So definitely do that. And if anyone would like to grab a free copy of my book, just go to our website, qccapitalgroup.com. You'll get a free signed copy of my book straight to your doorstep. Absolutely. We will put a link in the show notes is where the listeners can find that. But where else can the listeners find you, Chris? Yeah, uh, the best way is go to our website, qccapitalgroup.com. Get your free copy of the book. You'll have uh, one of our team members will reach out to you just to make sure that you've gotten that copy, answer any questions you may have to see if we're a good fit for a partnership. That is the best way to also stay up to date with our monthly and uh, bi-weekly educational content that we send out to help just educate you on what's going on in the market, what's going on in the real estate market, what are our thoughts, what are we buying, what are we you know, not buying um, is the best way to stay on top and to have your finger on the pulse. Chris, you've been extremely generous with your time, your energy, and your enthusiasm today. I want to thank you again for being on the podcast. We'll see you soon, buddy. Yes, thanks so much. Go out there and crush it, guys. Elevate Nation, what an inspiring, energizing conversation with Chris Salerno. 
And if you want to go big, it's about, first of all, believing that you can. It's about thinking bigger and saying, well, you know what? I want to get really specific on where I want to go. I also want to be open to the magic of going even bigger or expanding even further than maybe I've ever considered before. Maybe my background or my environment has ever suggested to me that is possible. So I just want to thank Chris for showing us the level of ambition that he has and the level of relentlessness that he has to go there. And, you know, the, the willingness to continue to get himself up off the mat you know, in the face of failure, in the face of setback, in the face of disappointment, to continue to push forward, to continue to establish systems within his business, boundaries within his personal life, standards within the way that he operates from a mindset perspective and an identity perspective. So I just want to thank him again, but I will also want to encourage you to think about how does this relate to you? How does this relate to the future that you're creating and the way that you're operating today, the way that your wheel is spinning today, whether it's professionally, personally, financially, from a health perspective, your relationships, how are those things helping you propel yourself forward in a speedy capacity and an exponential capacity, but also in a way that it's smooth and it doesn't feel bumpy and it doesn't feel like, you know what, because of these things that are lacking in my life and these things that are, you know, a struggle in my life, I'm being held back. So I want to encourage you to have a discussion with someone else about what you learned today, you know, whether it's, you know, developing great relationships that help you identify exceptional opportunities. You know, what does working hard and working smart mean in your life and in your business and for the ambitions that you have for yourself? What does all this mean for you? And what are some things that you feel like were left out of this conversation? Maybe you could have your own conversation around some of the components that you thought were missing, right? Because there's always something missing and maybe there's an opportunity for you to read between the lines. I think the sign of intelligence is to observe and it's to engage, but it's also to recognize perhaps some intelligence that was designed or uncovered within you that you're seeing between the lines in this conversation. You know, when I read a book, there's times where I'm reading the words, but I'm saying, you know, well, what is, isn't being said right now? Maybe it was a decision that it wasn't being said, and maybe that was consciously chosen, or perhaps there was a, a miss here. And how does that allow me to uncover a new paradigm within myself so that I can create a breakthrough. And that's what this is all about. This is about breakthroughs. This is about transformation. This is about possibility. So I want to encourage you to re-listen to the show because repetition is the mother of all skill and learning and transformation. And so as you're doing that, as you're expanding, as you're investing, as you're planting seeds within your mind, it is now about moving forward, taking massive action. So as you identify your top one, two or three distinctions, you make a commitment to taking massive action. Here's another suggestion. Find somebody to hold you accountable because holding your feet to the fire is something that I think may be a missing ingredient to some listeners here. And as you consider the fact that accountability can help us avoid the path of least resistance because it's not comfortable to be held accountable. But when we see the compound effect of that consistency, that relentlessness, and you know what? Someone else outside of yourself saying, look, you committed to this you know, how are you course correcting? How are you making adjustments? I think you're going to find a lot of value in that. So I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I hope you found a tremendous amount of value. Until next time, Elevate Nation, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, 
visit elevatepod.com.